This is Human Capital, a goal span podcast, and I'm Jeff Hunt. On Human Capital, I get to interview top business thought leaders to uncover the deeply human aspect of work. On this episode, we will talk about overcoming adversity, entrepreneurship, and how deep relationships, trust, and core values can lead to a more successful and fulfilling work experience. My guest today is Nathan Bourne, who is the founder and CEO at MyCore. Nathan lives by the belief that service to many leads to greatness. He has found a way to serve many people in his life through leadership. And at the age of 20, as a Division I wrestler and Ivy League student at UPenn, Nathan says he discovered entrepreneurship. Today, he leads an innovative company in the payroll benefits, accounting, and HR space that serves clients all over the U.S. Nathan's favorite quote is, if you have six hours to cut down a tree, spend four hours sharpening your axe and two hours cutting down the tree. (laughs) Nathan has shared that he wants to inspire people to constantly sharpen their axe as they pursue life's purpose. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, what's happening, Jeff? Happy to be here. How how was that hearing my uh, intro of you? I always like to, you know, ask yeah. that, so. I'm glad you asked that. It's got to be as, I hope it's as awkward for everyone else as it is for me. <laughs> it's um, it, it's a good awkward though. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show today, um, in part because I, I loved sort of uh, meeting you and learning about your experiences in business and you you come at it from a very unique perspective and so um, I would love for you to share maybe as we get started who or what inspired you to go into business originally totally yeah I, I would be remiss if I didn't share kind of my upbringing um, sure. my, my childhood if you will it's kind of unique and it was uniquely challenging and um, I always think maybe at some age I'll, I'll stop talking about it <laughs> because when I first started as an entrepreneur, I was so young, it was, it was fresh. It was just a few years ago. Now I'm, um, a wise old man at 32 and know everything <laughs> you need to know about life. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but no, I, I, it really has, uh, informed a lot of my, my path, um, for better or for worse, you know, some, mm-hmm. some great, some not so great. Um, but I am from a really big family. Um, okay. I'm the fourth of nine children, Jeff. So wow. big family. Yeah. My parents got married at 18 and 19. Um, there's now 19 grandkids. My oldest sibling is 39. My youngest sibling turned 18 recently. And my mom turned 58, uh, I think the 31st. Yeah. A couple of days ago. Wow. So young parents, 19 grandkids, total chaos. Um, <laughs> and we grew up uh, very, very poor. So, um, I mean, even if you made six figures and you had nine kids, you'd you'd be poor, but they were like poor, poor. (laughs) So, um, that kind of equipped me in unique ways that entrepreneurship requires because of the ability to survive through it. Um, for most people, that's most people's narrative, you know, some others that build something first and then kind of embark, uh, without maybe the financial strain of it, um, but yeah, so that that put me on a path early on that I was really by the book, which was academics and athletics. And you kind of mentioned it there in the intro. Um, I realized, okay, here's my path to kind of living the good life. 
Um, and I just was really dedicated to my academics and to athletics and specifically wrestling. And that landed me at the university of Pennsylvania. And, um, that was a great honor to be able to, to go to a school like that and, and to wrestle at that level. But it was actually the summer of my freshman year. So I just had graduated high school. I'm going into my freshman year and, um, I, I just got infected by entrepreneurship <laughs> and, uh, as you know, it's a, it's a bit of a disease. It is um, a bug, it? Yeah, it's a bug. It's a virus. Yeah. Entrepreneurship 19 or whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's, it's, uh, it's something that, that will systemically take over your, your being. So uh, I, I think it's important for, for people to, to evaluate um, whether they are really made for it um, because they can really damage their lives if they're not. So I think this is something that is sort of the, the ugly dark side of entrepreneurship mm. um, that, that we should consider. And uh, I've thought of this analogy before. I'll, I'll share it and, and, and I don't know if it'll totally make sense in this moment, but um, have you ever shot a bow and arrow? Ever done yes. archery or hunted? Yes, or? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I grew up in a big family of hunters, but when we bow hunted, we did it with a recurve bow. So not the compound. It's like the, the old school kind the way the, the Indians used to um, Native Americans. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but <laughs> um, so nonetheless, um, when you put a arrow on a bow, which there's a, wor a word for that too. It's called a knock. You knock, okay. I think mm -hmm. um, that arrow sitting by itself or even knocked onto the bow is of no threat right? It's just mm -hmm. sitting there much like a knife or a gun if, right. if it doesn't have anything behind it. Mm -hmm. So what actually makes that arrow lethal is pulling back the bow. Mm, right? Interesting. So if you think of this, we're all sort of this arrow in our life. And unless we're willing to pull back on all of our past experiences, all of our past um, challenges, some of the good and the bad and the ugly of the things that came before this moment, then we won't gain enough power. There won't be enough velocity to traject and, and push that arrow or yourself or your goal or your dream or your vision forward. Sure. That, that's one part of it. But there's also this other part, I think, which is the discipline to keep the, the bow pulled back and then if you let go, you're going to move forward. You're going to have some type of trajectory, but the more discipline you have and patience you have to raise the bow mm -hmm. and raise the bow and raise it and raise it. Now you start to see something like, you know, in an old medieval movie or in Robin hood where they're on the, the archers, you know, or on the castle and they're kind of shooting it way out into the uh -huh. field. And I love that picture that you've painted. And I actually want to stay on this line for just a minute because yeah. it's applicable in so many respects, not only to entrepreneurs, but to employees, to managers, to leaders, to business owners uh, alike. And I want to, I'd love you to share for a minute how fear comes into this equation. So you think of the archer pulling back um the bow and and holding it up and waiting and waiting and waiting or 
to your quote, the person who's sharpening their axe for six hours and then cutting down the tree for two, right. where, where can people find the intersection between wisdom and execution versus fear and par being paralyzed in, in, in terms of moving forward, like over uh, preparing, if, if you will. So talk a little bit about that. We have to start to really seek wisdom. And I think that's the space that we're in right now. And I think the leaders that um, ask for wisdom and, and seek it will find it. And that's how they're going to attract people to them. And it has to be rooted in humility because the guru model, I know it all. I have it all. You know, look at me. Uh, this is where I was. This is where I am. I think people have, have looked under the hood of that and said, no, 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 you're just human. You're like the rest of us. Um, so I, I think it's important in this process and in this journey to, to show that you're just that you're in a process and you're in a journey and the language matters. So it, it's things like I'm learning that, or I've, I'm discovering it's the difference between ING and ED. So it's not, I discovered Mm -hmm. Or I learned it's I'm learning, I'm discovering, and it puts it in this present moment that people can connect to and, and identify with and say, hey, me too. And that's where the iron starts to sharpen iron. So I, I think to bring it back to human capital, that's the, the space that people want to operate in. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I really love your description of the ING versus the ED because so often people go through their careers on this pathway thinking that if they just X, then Y will happen. So if they get the promotion, they're gonna be completely fulfilled in their life and they're gonna reach the, the um, sort of nirvana that they've yeah. been looking for, trying to fill that empty void and deep inside them and it never ever happens. So it, it also seems totally applicable. And I'm curious as to your opinion about this. Uh, the most effective leaders are those that actually embody vulnerability and vulnerability based trust. And so those ones that are willing to say that I am learning, we mm -hmm. are growing, uh, instead of we've arrived or, you know, look at us, how great we are. Uh, those are the ones that sort of outperform and outachieve other leaders that are much less humility-based kind of yeah. leadership. Would you agree with that? The earlier you can show your team and the people around you how flawed you are, the better. Like, like let that be known right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. um, it does a couple things. One, it 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 humanizes you. And it also attracts really great people. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's about being your true authentic self and mm -hmm. uh, understanding that that is the good and the bad. That's the light and the dark. Exactly. And really what, what it is, you know, it's crazy too. I, I, I've thought about this recently is trust. So mm -hmm. trust is the foundation of, of all relationships. Mm -hmm. And you would think that trust means things like, well, you'll never stab me in the back or, or you'll never take advantage of me or you'll never do me wrong. Um, sure, you know, that, that goes without saying, you know, some mm -hmm. of those integrity character issues that, that um, are universal. 
yet there's going to be times where if we're business partners, I'm going to screw you over a little bit. You're going to screw me over a little bit. or I'm going to be selling like, that's just the human experience. That's the human sure. condition. So, you know, hopefully it's not huge blows. Like you ruin the person's life or something, but there's going to be these little deviations. There's going to be these little moments where you're like, well, that, that didn't feel right. So how do you um, overcome that? How do you process through that? I've learned that it's inconsistency. So what's interesting is if you think of, cinema like movies or, or um, television shows and I like to think of this as an example because I'm a big fan of this show have you ever watched the blacklist um, I haven't oh, it's really cool so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's about this guy who's like the world's most wanted criminal and he turns himself into the FBI and then he essentially promises that he's going to deliver them a blacklister which is a criminal that they don't even know about you know that's mm-hmm. doing biological warfare or something sure. um, so he ends up you know, kind of controlling and manipulating the, the FBI, but he's a good guy at the end. Anyway, here's the thing. That guy kills a lot of people like throughout mm-hmm. the show, like just mm-hmm. shooting people right in the head. Right. And as a viewer, I, in general, people don't want other people to get shot in the head. <laughs> you know, right. like general consensus. <laughs> right. Don't shoot people in the head. Right. So what's interesting is there's these moments throughout the character development where he's in a scene and the person's like, you know, in a back alley or they're in a like warehouse somewhere. And it's so in his character to end that person because they, you know, broke loyalty or they, they, they deviated from his sort of authority Yeah, that you're sitting there as a good human being waiting for the moment where he just puts a bullet in the guy's head and you're like, uh-huh. yeah. And then you're like, wait, what? Like, that's sick. Why do I want that? It's because you trust his character to do that. There's a consistency. There's a continuity in the way that he behaves. So it's not even good or bad. It's not, it's good not to shoot somebody in the head. It's bad to shoot somebody in the head. It's you're trusting that he's going to do it and you're okay with that. Right. right? You're okay. You somehow reconcile it because it's true to who he is. Mm -hmm. So, if you're in leadership and hopefully it's not a, you're not a murderer, but, but there's things about you that are um, maybe not like the, the greatest, fluffiest, right. warmest things, mm-hmm. but you're consistent in them. People love that because they're going, I know that he's going to fire that person because sure. they did something unethical, even though they're best friends, that, that person's getting canned today. And if you don't do that, you just sent a message to the core of people that goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't trust your next move. Sure. And I need to have some level of predictability. You know, not that you're like some machine, but I need to know where I show up every day in the workplace, in this marriage, at this church, you know, in this branch of government. So I've found that in, and, and in my leadership, I've come across decisions where I'm like, what would Nathan do? <laughs> you know, it goes back to that third per- person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what would third party, what would I do in this situation? I'm like, Yep. Dismiss them. They got to go, you know, they got to go or forgive them. You know, we give them another chance. So I think those core values, those principles, that foundation building that is, is everything. The identity of the company, the identity of the leadership, it, it, it informs everything. And that's where you get the bond. That's where you get the glue. That's where you get the, the, uh, the teamwork making the dream work. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think core values are such a great reference point because, too often they're misunderstood by organizations. People say they have core values. They may have, they may have six, eight, 10, 15 that are on the wall, 
but they're not actually the behaviors that you were describing that people are living out every day in the workplace. Yeah. They are, and, and so you end up with a, a disconnect and a lack of continuity and alignment because it says that our core value is maybe work ethic, but right. yet nobody's working more than four hours a day. So yep. how, and then if I get chastised for not working hard enough, then we have even greater resentment internally and disengagement and problems that sort of come as a result. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and choose wisely. And this is the challenge that we have too. I think we, we, we get these lofty principles, like how funny would it be, but also accurate if an organization had like some of their core values and it was like mediocre work at best. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Or like consistent <laughs> output that has decent value to it. Right? Right. <laughs> that would actually probably hold more an organization it would be better would, wouldn't it it'd be better it'd be because way it's better yeah because it's, it's authentic it, it's authentic <laughs> they go shit okay you know exactly. you guys are like just above average well you know my lawn just needs to be cut like just above average so screw it i'll hire you but it's all these words like premier first class the best ever and yes. I, I i took all that out of my core we we, we have a principle we call lead with who and it's this sort of clever way of saying who we are is who we are, for better or for worse. We're going to constantly advance it into improvement, into betterment, into enlightenment. You know, we want to we reach those, those higher level operating systems, yet the, the X factor is that we are who we are, and you are who you are, and we're looking for alignment in those things, but it is, it is on an infinite game it is an infinite uh you know thing it's not something that we just stamp and say this is who we are um and we're so great because i think nobody ever lives up to it and then when the when the when the hammer drops it, it's so much worse when we've created this perfection yeah and just to summarize a little bit before we get into some a few lightning round questions for sure you know, we've we've danced around a lot of issues but it sounds like Really, to bring it all together, you have vulnerability-based leadership and trust infused from the top level of the organization combined with very meaningful and authentic core values that describe who you are as an organization. And we didn't talk too much about this, but a vision that you have as leaders that is compelling that you can rally around then you create the environment where people can be inspired and as they work together they leverage deep relationships with each other to achieve this common vision as a team is that is that a, a decent way to sort of encapsulate what you were just describing totally yeah so it, yeah. it's um so it, it goes like this Le leading with who is about understanding that at the core is, is the who it, it's the who's and it's the who. So it's, it's the people and it's the identity, the, the, the melding of the, those identities um, and understanding that people are individuals, but they're also uh, collective. Um, as a wrestler, this was a, a good kind of prerequisite for, for the way I operate my business because I had to be an individual and then I was part of a team. And, and it, it's an individual sport, but it's a team sport at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't go out there and wrestle yourself, right? So right. Mm -hmm. um, then when that 
core, that, that, that inner, inner circle is built. Now you can start to look at a why. You can start to look at a mission. You can start to look at a motive, a purpose. And this is why I, I, I preach leading with who versus starting with why. Um, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan and, and I, I respect him greatly. And he's been a, a, a big uh, inspiration to my thinking and to my leadership style and the way I've constructed my core. Um, I think there's something deeper that is really what anchors it all. And it, it, it's to lead with who, because to me, starting with why, if there's a start to something, there's probably a finish, right? Which mm-hmm. to me is more um, finite, Mm-hmm. And actually, Simon Sinek specifically came out with the next book, The Infinite Game. So mm-hmm. I think he, he, on his journey and his discovery, realized, okay, maybe there's something even greater here, and, and he's connected the two philosophies. So what I have found in my leadership and just sort of operating with human beings is that um, whys change, that missions change who you are doesn't. So who the United States is, our constitution, that is the most core. And it has amendments and it mm-hmm. gets outdated. And you know, there's things that have to be um, updated for sure. Um, but it's the constitution, right? That's mm-hmm. who we are as the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And then why we are, our missions, they change. It could be a mission to Afghanistan. It could be a mission to you know, eradicate hunger, you know, universal healthcare, whatever it is. And there's all kinds of views on this, sure. but, but in business, it, it's, it's no different when you have the who factor, right. And then you rally around a why and be very uh, intentional about this. Why make sure that it it's big enough to like hurt a little bit. Like it should be like, Ooh, that's, that's bold. You know, that that's big, but it's not, so universal that it's wishy-washy or as I like to say, hooey, it's not, you know, up in the ether. So our mission at my core is to be the world's most employee centric company, Mm -hmm. to be the world's most employee centric company. So we have a a mission. We have a why that is our North star that we move toward and and measure, you know, regularly, quarterly, monthly, all, all the time, really. Um, those two things, who we are and why we exist, they don't change. Mm-hmm. But what we do and how we do it changes sure. all the time. Sure. It, it's, sure. It's constantly changing. And I think what happens is that leaders identify a need in the market. Entrepreneurs identify a need in the market. And then they get into problem-solving mode. But they don't work on the core. They don't go through the, the, the intellectual process of who they are and why they exist. Mm-hmm. And God forbid that what change through legislation, technology, innovation, something outward that you can't right. control like right. COVID-19. Right. Now all of a sudden you're going, oh shoot. Yeah. But the real test, the real litmus test, and this would be a good question to, for anyone listening to ask themselves. If I went to my organization, I went to my team, I went to my people today and said, here's the deal. We are no longer doing what we do. We've changed entire, we're going into a completely different industry. Mm-hmm. Would your people stick with you? Would they pivot through that? Would they move through that? And if you led with what up to that point, then probably not because they identify with you based on what the organization does. But if they're aligned with you, connected to you, committed to you, and you're committed to them based on who you are and why you exist, the what doesn't matter. You met Cheryl 
Yes. And you saw that she has our shield tattooed on her arm. <laughs> That's not something you see every day, right? That one of the employees of the company gets the company logo on the, on the, the, the arm. Tony, who you met as well, our, our chief strategy officer. I know my people. And if I said to them tomorrow, hey, we're going in a completely different state space. We're not in payroll benefits, HR, bookkeeping, accounting, and taxes. We're going into real estate. We're going into tech. Or They'd be like, sweet, <laughs> because I'm not here for what we do. Sure. I'm here because of who we are and sure, why we exist. Sure, sure. That's, that's awesome. And who feels like it's really much more about character and relationship versus why? So what you're describing makes perfect sense. Um, so I love that. So let's jump into some lightning round questions. Uh, let's do it. I haven't mentioned any of these to you at all. And so I'm looking for just whatever comes to mind, short answers, whatever you can think of. So the first one is, what is the most difficult leadership lesson you've learned over your career? Um, the, the most probably difficult is that people are not going to love your company as much as you are. Mm. And um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and at first I thought that everybody had to share my devotion and my dedication, but by definition I founded it. So why would they love my baby? Um, <laughs> you know, as much as they would love their own. So, you know, I love my nieces and nephews, but not the way I love my three children. Mm-hmm. They're family. They're important to me. I would, I would, you know, I would uh, do anything for them, um, but it's just different. And yeah. when I recognized that, I was able to assess the relationship better and mm-hmm. be more thankful for the love that they do have for the company mm-hmm. and respect and love them for that. Great perspective. Great perspective. What are you most profoundly grateful for? <sighs> my um, my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to be. I mean, with without that um none of it matters right Mm -hmm. it's just that that's the priority it's it's faith family finance um and uh, those things uh are not fixed so we say that because it sounds nice so faith family finance god you know Mm -hmm. my family my money my business but the truth is it's like this running race and scale and there's times where i'm putting my finances ahead of my family or my family ahead of god and there's times where God gets even lower on the totem pole. And then I get smacked in the face by it. And I'm like, all right, what am I doing? I got to get my priorities right. Mm-hmm. So I think this, this is a larger issue. I won't go into it deeply, but uh, core values are um, fixed, but they're fluid at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if we don't give them the respect that they deserve as living, breathing organisms, we won't steward them well enough. We'll think that just because it's on a plaque, because you read it in the Bible, because it was taught to you as a child, it's there. And we'll deviate from our values and find ourselves doing things that we never thought we would. Um, So I I think there's this prioritization and constant building of that muscle that that has to occur. But to answer the question, um, if it wasn't for my relationship with God, I just think I would be an absolute wreck, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm like already kind of a wreck, but I'd be like an absolute <laughs> wreck. <laughs> exactly. Who is one person you would interview, dead or alive? Oh my. I I love Jim Rohn. Are you familiar with Jim Rohn? No. Jim Rohn is he's he's sort of the OG of um, 
personal development. So Anthony Robbins was mentored by him, Darren Hardy, and he revolutionized my life at, at 20 years old. Maybe I was 21 at the time, but I, I listened to a, an audio. He's passed away now, probably about five, eight years ago, he passed away. But he, he lays out this formula for life, which he speaks to how your philosophies drive your attitude, your attitude determines your actions, your actions give you your results, and your results give you your life or your lifestyle. And when I learned that at 21, it, it just changed the way that I thought about everything because I was always like most people understanding cause and effect. These are my actions. These are my results. I study for the test. I get a good grade. You know, I show up for practice. I win the match. And then things started to go awry in my life as I, as I was getting older. And I'm like, what's going on? Because I, I had this formula in middle school and high school that led me to success. And now it, it's not working the way I thought it would. And I realized it, <clears throat> it was under the surface. Mm-hmm. It was in the root system. Uh, it was in the foundation and that some of my philosophies, my belief systems were driving an attitude that unconsciously to me, I was incompetent. I didn't know what I didn't know. And when I became aware of that, I started to really assess them. And, and just because you assess them, uh, it still took me about a decade. <laughs> I feel like just recently in the last year, I've got like a handle on it, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, you know, I've been on this 10 year journey and, and there's a lot of life in there between having children, being divorced, you know, like all kinds of hardship um, and, and some triumph, but mainly hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to talk to him because he, yes. he, he just was a single, like I can point to that individual and say his wisdom changed the trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to have a conversation with him. Unfortunately, yeah. he's passed away. And you were just describing again, the ING versus the ED, by the way. So oh, cool. It's a lifelong journey, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Let's remember totally. that. Let's remember that. Yeah, that's good. What's your, uh, what's your favorite non-work activity? Oh my, um, I don't know that I have any, <laughs> um, playing with my kids. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and I, I, I fight for it because, um, one, I I'm, I'm divorced. So my time with them is, is rooted in quality versus quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the workplace is so integrated now, you know, it's all on my phone. It's on my laptop. And, uh, when I have them, things pop up, things have to happen. Um, so I feel a lot of guilt sometimes when I'm not as present, you know, I'll put a movie on and I'll be doing something. And I'm like, I guess I could be like playing with them. Um, but like this past weekend, I had them for a three day weekend and we played uh, trouble a bunch. We played games. We, we, uh, it snowed and that was fun. And um, if I pretty much, if I can just work and hang out with my kids, I like to work out. In, in that too, but th- that's good for me. Eat, sleep, work, and kids. <laughs> like <laughs> very fulfilling. Sounds yeah, very fulfilling. So that's awesome. So Nathan, what is the single most important thing you want our human capital listeners to take away from our talk today? I have to give you my my universal answer, which is to lead with who mm-hmm. in everything you do. Um, our vision at my core is all people in everything we do lead with who. That's what we want for the world. And the way we distinguish vision and mission, I learned this a couple of years ago and it, it helped me. Uh, I'll share it quickly. Was that your vision is what you want for the world without you even being here. So it's, it's not 2021, it's 3021. It's a thousand years hence. What does the world look like? 
that should be your vision. And then your mission is what you're doing about it right now, real time, while you are on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So lead with who is, is the answer. That's a great way to summarize our time together. So Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. I really was inspired by our conversation. I hope our listeners were too, and I hope you enjoyed our time together. Oh, I did. It was awesome. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to the show this week. We release a new episode of Human Capital on the first and third Tuesday of each month. I would really like to know what you thought of this episode. Send your comments to humancapital at goalspan.com. Human Capital is produced by Goalspan. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please share this podcast with your colleagues, team, or friends. Thanks for being human, kind.